Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Thursday, November 9th. President Biden's approval rating is at a low point among voters statewide. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. Unofficial results show Democrat Monica Montgomery step winning the District 4 County Supervisor seat. She currently leads Republican Amy Reichert by over 17,000 votes. Montgomery Stepp will be the first black woman to serve on the County Board of Supervisors. I'm really focused on making sure that um, I get grounded in the, in the position and kind of know um, what to ask for, uh, the right questions to ask, and how to be the most successful supervisor that I could possibly be. The seat on the Board of Supervisors became empty after Nathan Fletcher resigned in May. The next release of unofficial results will be posted at 5 p.m. today. Results must be certified by December 7th. The Board of Supervisors approved funding a study of the Vista Jail. It would look at ways to improve jail operations and recommend whether the jail should be renovated or newly constructed. Sheriff's officials say the goal is to help break the cycle of crime by offering better health care, substance use disorder recovery services, and reentry programs. The city of San Diego set a new record of diverting 71% of its waste from landfills last year. That's progress towards its goal of adding zero waste to landfills by 2040. City officials say it means San Diegans are recycling more and it helps address climate change. But the city is still behind schedule. Officials had aimed to reach 75% diversion by 2020. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. President Joe Biden's approval rating among California voters just hit a low point. But a new poll shows the Democrat would still easily beat former Republican President Donald Trump in a statewide matchup. Cap Radio's Nicole Nixon reports. The UC Berkeley Institute of Governmental Studies poll shows Biden's approval in California is underwater for the first time in his presidency. 52% of registered voters disapprove of his performance, compared to 44% who do. The same poll shows Trump far and away the top presidential choice among California Republicans. He's more than 45 percentage points ahead of the second choice, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Governor Gavin Newsom's approval ratings also took a dive this week. For him and Biden, the drop-offs came from moderate and unaffiliated voters, which pollsters say should be a warning sign ahead of next year's election. That was Cap Radio's Nicole Nixon.
Two cities in North County are teaming up in an effort to shelter homeless residents. Reporter Jacob Ayer says they just got state funding to operate the soon-to-be shelter in Vista. An upcoming homeless shelter in Vista just received $5 million in state funds to cover operating costs for the next three years. It's a joint effort between Vista and Encinitas. The Low Barrier Non-Congregate Center will be able to house up to 48 people at once, says the City of Vista's Jonathan Lung. This is the first um, of its kind in that two cities are funding one program directly. Lung says an operator for the center will be recommended to Vista City Council on January 9th. He expects residents will start moving into the new shelter in early spring of 2024. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. The San Diego Tourism Authority released new figures of visitor spending for the 2023 fiscal year. Reporter Melissa May has the details. The San Diego Tourism Authority estimates 30.5 million visitors made their way to San Diego during the 2023 fiscal year and generated $23.48 billion in total economic impact. Julie Coker is the president and CEO of the San Diego Tourism Authority and says visitor spend is what tourists leave in their destination. In other words, all the money they spend here. She says the 2023 fiscal year exceeded the 2022 fiscal year by over $1 billion. We had record-breaking visitor spend, $14.2 billion. We also had record-breaking uh, TOT collections, which is essentially hotel tax, at $418 million in the county. One area the Tourism Authority says needs improvement is international visitors, and they expect those numbers to recover by the end of 2024. Melissa May. KPBS News. Coming up, we learn more about what the sale of the San Diego Union Tribune means for the community. That and more just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. In their heyday, big newspaper owners were called barons, moguls, and kingmakers. But KPBS investigative reporter Amitha Sharma says far less regal names are used to describe the new owner of the San Diego Union Tribune. She's here with me now to explain why. Welcome, Amitha. Oh, it's good to talk to you, Debbie. Amitha, you write that the UT's new owner, Alden Global Capital, is described as a vulture, a villain, even a vampire. Can you explain what you mean? Well, Debbie, Alden's subsidiary, first it was called Digital First Media, then Media News Group, has pretty much a well-established practice of just gobbling up once storied newspapers across the country, like the Hartford Current, the Denver Post, the Boston Globe, and hollowing out their news staff, leaving the communities that these newspapers are in 
with barely their news coverage. John Sloys is the head of the newspaper reporter union called News Guild CWA. He describes what Alden does to newspapers as a cash extraction model. It's similar to what private equity funds have done to other industries like nursing homes, grocery store chains, even veterinarian clinics, just to name a few. So the first thing they do is they push buyouts. They try to get a lot of people to leave. They'll sell the newsroom and they'll then push people to work from home. And they then will just try to cut as many things that they can and not pay for, you know, supplies like pens and notebooks or computers, basically extracting all the assets and then cutting costs and raising prices um, as much as they can to get double digit profit margins. So what is known about Alden's profit margins for its newspapers? Well, it's privately held, so not much is known. But back in 2017, a news business analyst by the name of Ken Doctor got a hold of Alden's financials from a source within the company. And the document he was given showed that its newspaper owner subsidiary, again, which was called at one time Digital First Media, made $159 million that year. Now, that amounts to about a 17% profit margin. As a comparison, just to give you a little bit of perspective, the New York Times profit margin is around 10%. People who've studied Alden say its profits have even reached 30% at much smaller newspapers. But Doctor says even the 17% figure from the documents stood out for insiders. This shocked people within the newspaper industry because the prevailing thinking is newspapers are spiraling down. But if you cut enough and you maintain your sources of revenue, advertising, and circulation, you are still making money. But Amitha, newspapers and consequently local news coverage has been shrinking for years now. What's different about Alden? You're absolutely right, Debbie. Alden has only accelerated the process because newspapers really haven't been doing well for some time. And because of that, they became easy prey for Alden. Newspapers actually started weakening in 2005 because of lost ad revenue, um, dwindling market share, and poor circulation in the internet age. Doctor says the turning point really came during the Great Recession. Google and Facebook were starting to take money from it. And what happened then was that 19% of the revenue of the daily newspaper industry vanished in the Great Recession and has never come back. Amitha, as you know, the San Diego Union-Tribune has a long history in this region. Before its merger in 1992, the San Diego Union started publishing in 1868, and the Evening Tribune formed in 1895. What's the takeaway from Alden's purchase of the paper? Look, people who have followed Alden's trajectory are dishing out hardcore warnings to San Diegans who've really come to count on the paper as the paper of record in this community, in this county, basically just chronicling local government, you know, and all that comes with it, commission meetings, school board meetings, county supervisors meetings, and public corruption in general. 
I spoke with investigative reporter Julie Reynolds, who has written extensively about Alden. And she said the region's residents really need to understand what's at stake for their hometown papers. She said further diminished local news coverage should not be an option because of how intertwined it is with our system of government. It's essential. And there's a reason the press is in the Constitution, you know, that is protected in the Constitution. It's essential to our democracy. End of story. Amitha, thank you so much for speaking to me today. Thank you, Debbie. The Coronado Island Film Festival kicked off yesterday and runs through Sunday. One of the closing night events is a screening of the film, The Secret Art of Human Flight. Arts reporter Beth Hakamando says audiences should take advantage of this opportunity. Death may not be funny, but sometimes humor can be found in the extreme lengths we might go to alleviate our grief. For Ben, who just lost his wife, that involves turning to a mysterious self-help guru who promises to teach him how to fly. What you're about to do, what I've already done, defies everything we've been conditioned to believe is possible. I will always attack everything with humor. H.P. Mendoza directed The Secret Art of Human Flight in the midst of the pandemic and after the death of his father. Like Ben, he was looking for a way to cope with loss. This movie is grief release. We've all been packing it in and it's been pent up and we're just looking for excuses to let go. The result is a film that takes a quirky, poetic, and whimsical approach to a serious issue. The whimsy that makes people chuckle or laugh isn't necessarily comedic, right? Like, I think a lot of this is, it's a kind of unexpected lightness that you wouldn't expect to feel amongst all that death. The Secret Art of Human Flight is an achingly sweet story about love and loss, and it would be a perfect way to close the Coronado Island Film Festival on Sunday. Beth Agamondo, KPBS News. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. Join us again tomorrow for the day's top stories. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Thursday. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com.